now streaming only on Disney+. Plus. My name is Taylor. Welcome to the Eras Tour. Experience Taylor Swift's record-breaking Eras Tour. Swift Vieira's Tour, Taylor's version, with four additional acoustic songs. Now streaming only on Disney+. Plus. Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to the show. It's the RR Show. I'm Andy, and today I have got some revenge of the professional variety for you today, my dear listeners. So, grab your tea, grab your blankie, and come with me as we dive into some absolutely delicious stories from r slash pro revenge. And in with our first story is Reddit Admin Dumb 87. How I got a car dealership to give my friend a newer car. Circa 2020 January, my friend makes a stupid decision and buys a brand new car that he can't afford. His insurance is like 400 bucks a month. He makes like $10.25 an hour working as a shift supervisor at McDonald's. His car payment is like 795 bucks a month. Now at 10.25 an hour, 30 hours a week, that's a weekly income of about 300 bucks a week, or about 1,230 a month. So yeah. So my friend came to me for help because I used to sell cars and know the industry pretty well. I go over his paperwork. The dealer did rip him off, but my friend is trying to find a way to get out of this mess. And ripping someone off isn't illegal. They did, of course, overcharge him for warranty, they gave him a higher APR, they had add-ons, etc. But none of that is illegal, and I know the only way I can get my friend out of this deal is if they did something illegal. So I look at his finance application that my friend signed. It correctly listed his income, which turned a light bulb on in my head. No bank is going to approve someone for a $795 car payment if they're only making $1,200 a month. It does not make mathematical sense to do that. So I start searching through his paperwork for the finance app the dealer submitted to the bank. You oftentimes, when you submit a finance application at a dealership, the dealership will take the hand-filled out application and reproduce it electronically. This is pretty normal. However, on the application the dealer submitted to the bank, the dealer said my friend was a GM of the McDonald's and made $70,000. My friend had good credit, so it doesn't appear like the bank asked for proof of income. So I go to the dealership with my friend and tell the sales manager he's going to want to put me in touch with the GM because we're going to be unwinding my friend's deal and giving his trade-in back. The sales manager thought I was joking. The GM also thought I was joking. Then I demonstrated how this dealership finance department committed bank fraud. I showed the GM the finance app my friend filled out. I then showed the GM the finance app his dealership submitted to the bank and pointed out the income difference. My friend really made 14k a year, and yet the dealership were claiming my friend made 70k a year. That's bank fraud. 
That is a felony. Let's keep this simple, shall we? The GM sees his dealership is in a load of shit. The proof I am presenting to him is rock solid. He knows it, I know it, we're all on the same page. He goes, okay, so what can I do to make this right? I go, unwind the deal and give my friend his trading back. Unwinding the deal is basically the GM agreeing to cancel the deal and basically erasing the deal, just pretend it never happened. GM tries to avoid that, but I remain firm and remind him we can easily take this documentation and turn his life into a living hell. He knows I'm right. My friend also needs a car to get to work the next day. The GM says he'll check into it, and he comes back and tells me unfortunately they sold his trade-in already. I said, alright, that's fine. Unwind the deal and let's put my friend into something as good or slightly better than what he traded in for. So the GM says, so he'll buy a car similar to his trade-in? I said, oh, no, 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 no. You will give him a car similar to his trade-in. The GM says, it doesn't work that way. I go, it does when you commit bank fraud. GM is upset with me and I remind him, I'm being really nice and that this situation can totally get really ugly. Like felony level charges ugly. Like losing your franchise ugly. So yeah, this is gonna hurt, but it's gonna hurt way less my way. So the GM goes, all right, and he looks in his inventory and tells me they've got a 2007 Focus with 10k more miles. I tell him, no, the car you give my friend needs to be the same or better than what he traded in. The GM counters, I'm giving him a free car. And I say, no, you're not. You took his trade in. You sold it. You made money on that sale and you committed a felony in the process of selling him his new car. You are now correcting that mistake. This isn't a free car for my friend. This is a, you are correcting your mistake. GM insists that's what he's willing to do. And I tell him, if he can't do better, then we will go to a consumer protection attorney and have a conversation with them. My friend didn't want to go this route, but it was our plan B. We get up to leave. GM says, all right, hold on a second. He says, I've got a 2008 Civic. It's 5k more miles, but it's a Civic, not a Focus. I unwind the deal on the new car, put your friend into the Civic, no extra cost. We agree. GM has the paper drawn up. The old loan on the new car is cancelled. They take in the new car again, but because it's already titled, they'll have to sell it as used. That sucks for them. And they gave my friend a better car than the one he traded in. For people asking why we didn't get a lawyer involved from the start, we could have done that, but courts take a long time and this was way faster. What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Do you enjoy science, spooky stories, and all things paranormal? 
We do too. While we would love for most paranormal stories to be true, we are here to tell you that they probably aren't. But that doesn't make them any less fun to speculate about. We are the Spooky Science Sisters podcast. In this podcast, we bring you bi-weekly discussions on possible scientific explanations behind the supernatural. Backed up by research articles and other credible sources, we do deep dives into things like archaeology and physics and share in-depth discussions with topic experts. Visit us at SpookySciencesisters.com to listen to a couple of skeptics debunk some of your favorite alien encounters, cryptid sightings, and ghost stories with science, sass, and a significant amount of laughter. Thank you, and stay spooky. Our next story is from Astakask. I was able to simultaneously gain a 30k a year pension for my mother while wiping out my piece of shit father's retirement. My father is the Canadian Satan. Growing up with him was less than fun, and I can assure you, based on witnessing it, he was a less than fun husband. I'd go on about what a piece of shit my father is, but instead I'll quote a judge. You're the most despicable human I have ever had in my courtroom. And that's coming from a family court judge. I read this winning endorsement of my dad's personality in the court documents I acquired relating to his divorce with my mum. The same place I discovered the fuckery he had engaged in to steal from my mum. It's also where I found the information I needed to get one over on him so severely, he's going to disinherit me. A frame of reference about my father is he's a pathological narcissist and behaves exactly how those people were compelled to act. They aren't generous people, and punching them in the wallet is like a slap shot to the taint from Gretzky. He's kind of like Donkey from Shrek, but also Joseph Stalin, a monstrous jackass. Chapter 1. Hosea 3.8 Those that sow the wind shall reap a whirlwind. Our actions always have consequences and my padre has plenty to answer for. My attempts to hold him to account didn't jump to immediate jihad, they started with diplomacy and a therapist. About 10 months ago, when our tale begins, I was going through some stuff. Stuff being a whole lot of PTSD related to both my dad's abuse and my job as a paramedic. He did a ton that affected me deeply. Things that I needed to move past, along with all that other razzmatazz from 15 years of EMS. In so trying to move past and work through everything, I quit drinking, started turning my untreated PTSD into treated PTSD and thinking having my dad involved might help me in our relationship. Well, I seriously fucking misjudged that one, so you'll probably be unsurprised to hear that conversation went swimmingly. I'll spare you the lurid detail, but when I broached the subject with him, our back and forth degenerated into visceral hate, with him screaming at me that I'm a failed paramedic, liar, and a piece of shit alcoholic. While I have a certain pride about my job, I have more pride in my 14-month sobriety, so hearing this from my old man might have caused me to behave a little bit… psychotically. I got right pissed off at him and decided to dig up every bit of dirt I could, see what kind of man he actually is and has been. When it was convenient, I hopped in the mystery machine before taking a trip to the courthouse to unleash my inner gumshoe. 
Everything is public record, so I bulk bought copies before retiring to my easy chair to read, plot, and pet my white long-haired cat. For good measure, I obtained a file on divorce document from my mother. Soon enough, I hit up a line of inquiry worth following up on. It seems that during the final settlement of my parents' divorce, 2002, my mother was awarded one-third of my father's employment pension. She was a stay-at-home mother and could not earn one herself, so it was given to her by a judge. Mighty fucking strange, because my father, as he brags, took a nearly full pension and retired a bit early. No way that asshat was living the last 10 years after retiring early on a two-third pension, and not constantly bitching about it. So I asked my mother if she was collecting the pension from his job, or had cashed out the value, 100k plus at the time, 20 years ago. No to both questions. Well now, that's interesting. I wonder if that's collectible and, uh, what 20 years of compound interest from a pension fund makes it worth. Well, I did eventually find out, along with the fact that my dear old dad had been collecting my mother's portion for about 10 years in hilariously open violation of a legal order from a judge. Why didn't my mother pursue this sooner? A combination of being unable to afford a lawyer, being his victim for 20 years, and pessimism after so much of his continued dodging obligations to the order. She just quit. There is effectively no statute of limitations he could hide behind because the wording of the settlement Insofar as I could tell, I had him dead to rights, and my mother would be collecting. It would be a slam dunk. I just needed to hire a lawyer to help me. So I set out to find the most unbalanced, bloodthirsty sociopath who passed the bar exam. Chapter 2 Etu, Pension Lady As it says in the good book, screw on to others as they screw on to you. So that's what I set out to do. The misanthropic sociopath I hired for legal counsel suggested we send a demand letter to the pension office to try and remedy it before filing what would undoubtedly be an easy win for him. I agreed in spirit and instead phoned up the pension office and got put through to the woman who managed my father's file. Well, she was a delight, and it was a trivial matter for me to get her to loathe my dad. We talked for 45 minutes, and I swear if you'd given me another hour, I could have convinced her to suicide bomb his house. In all our conversations about life, families, and relationships, we got down to some things of note. Since I could show her correspondence her office had sent to my father, CC'd my mum on, some years ago and ongoing for five consecutive years trying to resolve this matter, which he had ignored, she was more than willing to start the process of remedy immediately. Full cooperation from this lady in her office was a matter of merely providing documentation, and with my lawyer on retainer, this office was beyond asking my father to comply. They complied for him. About two months since I last spoke to my father, and he now had no idea his pension was about to take a serious hit. Below, I'm going to break down how big a turd I put into his bowl of ice cream. My mother's portion was made whole and adjusted to reflect that her portion was brought to maturity and beyond, so his early retirement doesn't affect her fund. So he loses 10 years of valuation to her. He also retired three years early, which knocks him down to 17 years of pension valuation, not 27. 
If you've forgotten, my dad had been collecting my mum's money and was overpaid by 30k a year for the last 10 years. Like I said, mum was made whole. So the pension company is going to claw back that overpayment from the base valuation of his current pension fund. I'm not exactly sure what that does to the number, but it effectively nerfs my old man's private retirement fund. He's got a government old age pension that he took too early too. Whoops. My dad did some awful shit to me, but I only had to suffer 17 years of him. My mum still has the high score at 20. As much as I did this for spite and malicious glee, I did it to give my mum a chance at a proper retirement. Chapter 3 Glitter Bombs of Justice My mother started collecting her pension about three months after I contacted the pension office, and to celebrate, she bought tickets to New Zealand for the family for Christmas, so we can see our relatives. I was able to get most of my retainer from the lawyer back, and to celebrate, I went online and ordered a glitter bomb. I was able to ship it to my old man, anonymously, from another country. God bless the USA. I heard through my sister that he opened it in his stupid red Miata. <laughs> He'll never get rid of it. Alright ladies and gentlemen, thank you very much for joining us in this wonderful episode of The RR Show. I can't wait to see you in the next one. So, until then guys, until Friday, peace out, take care. Through terrors of horror, bizarre happenings, unexplainable events, on our podcast, Disturbed, Terror Takes Center Stage. Each episode is a journey into the darkest corners of human existence, delving into bone-chilling tales of kidnappings, serial killers, maniacs, and the very essence of your worst nightmares coming to life on this weekly true horror show. Disturbed is not for the faint of heart. It's an exploration of real, unadulterated horror sourced from everyday people. Each episode is a descent into the macabre, where we narrate stories that will leave you on the edge of your seat and crawling in your skin. We navigate the disturbing narratives that lurk in the shadows, offering a raw and unfiltered listen into the most terrifying aspects of the human experience. Enter at your own risk and let the unsettling tales unfold in the haunting realm of Disturbed. And remember, listeners, stay safe out there.